Hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you to 2023. We're excited and thankful for what God did in 2022, but we are expectant and believe the best is yet to come as we face 2023. And we hope that your new year is off to a great start. And we're looking forward to our podcast for this upcoming year. Thanks to all those that uh, came in and were part of the podcast for 2022. And we have a great slate set for 2023. And there's no better person to start this year off than the one, the only, my wife, Kathy Kelly. Hey, sweet. Hey, you're very sweet. Thank you. (laughs) We now have it on recording that I am sweet. Yes, you are. Now, we wanted to uh, have Kathy come in because so many times the pastor's wife doesn't get recognized, and uh, people don't always get a chance to to know her like they do the pastor or or pastors of the church, and I, I would not be able to do what I do and wouldn't be who I am today without the the influence of, of her in my life, and not just in my life, but as mom to our daughter, Anna, but then in all the people, she does a women's ministry. She uh, is a student advocate at Randolph Early College High School. She wears many hats, and she wears them well. So, uh, Sweet, I just want you to be able to, to share with the folks your testimony. How did you come to follow Jesus? Well, I was blessed with um, godly parents. My dad and mom both grew up, my dad didn't grow up in a Christian home necessarily, but my mom did, very strong Christian home. And um, my dad got saved um, not long after he met my mom, and then they just put that groundwork down for my sister and I. And so I think I made a profession of faith, but I was still young, didn't really understand what I was doing. So at the age of 11, I distinctly remember my dad leading me to the Lord one night and just the the feeling, even at age 11, of that release of knowing that my sin was forgiven. Um, and then I continued, you know, on my way, and, and the Lord called me to go to Bob Jones University. I would say called, but that was also mom and dad pushing me a little bit that way, and, and I'm thankful that they did. And then that's where you and I met, um, our sophomore year, and the rest is history. We actually met our freshman year. Yes, we did. We met, I'm so sorry, we met our freshman year. You're right. You're right. On a blind date. Yes. Best day of my life. First time I've ever eaten a hamburger with pickles because I was afraid to take the pickles off because I was afraid I would offend you. (laughs) So uh, not many people know this about Kathy, and if you have any understanding of Bob Jones University, especially when we uh, attended there that she went all four years without a single demerit. Now, I did not have that <laughs> uh, accomplishment, but she went all four years without a single demerit. But I think in my situation, there were a couple of times I could have gotten one, but they were very, very few and in between. I, I'm a rule follower. I, I, I thrive on rules, and so I like to have rules that make me feel safe, actually. There you go. So... When you were in college, you, you got a degree in counseling, and your master's in counseling. Um, so that has really, really served you well. Uh, let folks know kind of like what you do at Randolph Early College in your position as student advocate. So the position student advocate is actually, my understanding, 
specific to Randolph County. We do not, I don't believe there are any other student advocates in the whole state of North Carolina except for in Randolph County. And so what we do is we do dropout prevention. Um, we're also in charge of, um, you know, just making sure our kids have the needs, have their needs met, such as food, clothing. We deal with homeless students. Um, thankfully, we don't have a lot of that that happens at the early college, but I'm also in charge of testing. So I'm in charge of all the standardized testing, all the state testing that we do. And and then I think I'm just pretty much there for when the kids need somebody. You know, they like to come in my office and we'll talk about any number of things. Um, and some of them do share things that are going on in their families and in their lives. And so I just I just like to have that open door. They know my door. If my door's open, it's a free-for-all. They can come in whenever. But um, it truly has been a dream job for me. I've had other jobs, and I'm thankful for the Lord's way of putting me in different places. But this I, this is one of those jobs that I can totally see myself retiring from because this this is the best. I I love what I do. And you know, we we run into some of the students out around town and watching how they interact with you, how much they love you and how much they appreciate you uh, is always so cool to see. Uh, just uh, most recently we were down at uh, Christmas on Sunset and some of the kids were dressed up to promote the zoo and different things. And uh, just to see the way that uh, sometimes not everyone from school do kids want to acknowledge out in public, but to see the way the way that they love you. Well, I've always said you know, teenagers are just little kids in big bodies, and they have the desires of little kids to be loved and nurtured and taken care of, and so teenagers the same way. So what's it like living with me? No, don't, <laughs> don't answer that question. Don't answer that question. How long do we have? Let's yeah. see. <laughs> I know it's all blessings and bliss, so uh, we'll, we'll leave it at it's that. It's really not that bad. <laughs> But uh, just share with people what it's like being a pastor's wife. You know, we this coming May, we will celebrate 30 years of marriage. And, you know, uh, ministry is like everything else. It has its ups and its downs, its trials, its struggles, its rewards, its blessings. But what's it like being the pastor's wife I remember when we were at Bob Jones, I took the pastor's wife class with Mrs. Jones and Mrs. Yerick, Bobby Yerick from Greenville. And there was always this fear the whole time they would talk about, you know, this is going to happen and that happens and it's a hard life. And, and yes, I mean, I'm not going to diminish that there are times that it is hard, but I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in what's hard about it that we forget what's good about it. And... I love, I really fully believe I was called to this. You have to be called. You cannot be a woman that says, oh, I just want to be a pastor's wife. You have to be as called to it as your husband is called to ministry, or you're both going to be miserable. And it's, it's a blessing. You get to see, you know, people grow spiritually. You get to see people come to know Christ. You get to see God answer prayers. You get to see a church grow, a church thrive. Now, there are times you get to see the church struggle but even in those times, you see God answer prayers, you see Him direct. And I think for us in our lives, we, we can trace God's hand in so many ways. We've seen Him direct us in different paths that we never would have thought would have opened up to us or we never thought that we would be in, such as being here. I think if you had asked us 
15 years ago, if we would be at Journey or even at a church like this, we would go, oh, no, 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 this, you know, of course not. But then the Lord always has a way of opening doors and changing hearts and changing our minds. And as long as we're tender, and I think we have been, but yeah, it, it's, a, it's a great life. If you're called to it, um, you, and I remember you've said this many times, I can't do anything else but preach. If you're called to it, you can't do anything else but be in that position as a pastor's life. So in in your walk as a pastor's wife, in your walk just following Jesus, what's one of the greatest struggles that you have gone through in that relationship with Jesus? Wow. <laughs> Again, how long do you have? Um, you know, for me, it's consistency. And, and that's so sad, I know, because... So many other people, we, we have so many wonderful women in this church who just live consistent, godly lives. And, and I'm not saying I'm not, I don't live, I, I have a problem with trying to be consistent in my life style, but I think it's, you know, making that daily habit of reading your word, the reading the word and praying and, and, and doing those things because we get so wrapped up in life. And I think for us, because we have so many places to go, so many things to do, so many hats that we wear, it's off, It's awfully hard sometimes to say, okay, wait, you know, I got to have 15, 20 minutes right here to just read and just think. And that's something I've tried to do much better this year with, with school is getting up a little bit earlier, giving myself that 15 minutes before I walk out the door. But yeah, to me, it's just, it's just finding the time and making the time. And really, I think it's making the time to be consistent. So what has been one of your greatest victories or mountaintops that you've seen in your time of following Jesus? I, I think being here, honestly, um, you know, being at Bob Jones, being in a very extremely conservative situation before we came here coming those first few weeks and and getting used to the situation how worship is run here there was that feeling of oh this trepidation and I'm I'm not sure that I could I can't I can't do that I can't worship like that you know but then you you get to the point where you realize it's it's just more about just being in tune with God and having that freedom to worship like God wants you to, not like someone across the way wants you to or like someone in the back of the room thinks you should, but doing it the way God wants you to. Having that freedom has probably been to me in the last five years, the biggest, um, the biggest victory for me is feeling like it's okay. You know, we don't have to, we, we've, we've put God in our box for so long that we need to realize that God's much bigger than our box and, and having that freedom to experience that has been really cool. So our theme for 2023 at Journey is gathering around the Word uh, because I think both are important. We need to have that community, that fellowship with other people, but we need to make sure that in everything we do, the center of it is the Word. Um, and I know that you do several women's groups and and have a heart for helping women pursue Jesus. So if you could just have a few moments to do two things. One, describe what 
a life group is like that, that you lead. And then two, to just take a moment and, and talk to the women that are listening and share your heart in encouraging them in their pursuit of Jesus. Well, I it's funny when we talk about life group, because I think you and I both remember when we first came, I think I was so burnt out on so many things. I was like, I, I just, I don't want to be in a life group. I just give me, just give me the semester off. And we ended up going to a life group and met some dear friends there that we still have. And, and then the Lord just opened up the opportunity for me to teach one. And so um, I don't even know how many semesters I've been teaching it now, but I, I love my life group. We call it our tribe. And every semester we have different people come in. Um, there have been some that have been with me the whole way through. For the last couple of times we've done um, video series. We did um, Francis Chan um, in the book of James. We just did Jeannie Allen in Corinthians. And um, I'm hoping that we can do one on the miracles of Jesus for our next one. But it's just, we just have a great time. I mean, we laugh and we often say what happens in life group stays in life group. And I mean, some of the stories that we could share about the things that we do in life group is, is pretty funny, but it's also a really great time that you feel like you can just be yourself and not feel like you have to put on airs in front of anybody. And, and we talk and we share and we, we deal with some deep things. We deal with some touchy issues and we try to deal with it as um as tenderly as we can and then we talk about great things we talked our last life group um the other day we talked about just what heaven's going to be like and how wonderful that's going to be so i i love life group um and i don't i don't want everybody to think i don't want anybody to think oh i can only go to kathy's because we have got so many great women who do life group and you just pick one that's best time for you god knows which one you need to go to and and there's just so many to choose from but as far as our women's ministry, we have kind of ramped that back up. We're trying to do something every month, if not every month, every other month, where we have a special speaker or we do an activity. We have breakfast together on a, on a Saturday, and we're looking at hopefully doing that again. We have a, several ladies who are on a, a committee for us, and they have been like my right arm. They've been great to help with that. But when it comes to women's ministry, I've, I've often used this this kind of thing of if a fire can start with one person, and I think of it as, a, as a woman in the home, if the fire starts with us and we start living like we're supposed to, then our kids see it and they say, wow, look what mom's, mom's really on fire about something. That's really great. And then they start experiencing it and then dad experiences it. And then you take it out into your community and you take it into your church. And before you know it, you've got a whole group of people that are on fire. And if we as women can start the fire with us, because we hold, as women, we hold such, such a place of um, value and such a place of where we can touch people's lives in various ways. What, what could happen? There's no telling. And if we as women can come together and, and be the iron that sharpens iron, you know, because, you know, if you're honest with us women, we can tear each other down really fast. Um, not just because we're Christians, but women oh, you look lovely. And then we turn our back and we're oh, she looks terrible. And if we can just learn to love each other and be there each other and support each other, we can be that fire that can help to just put a flame through other things, especially within the church. So what's uh, one goal that you have for the women's ministry at Journey 
that you would like to see when we come to the conclusion of the year? Well, I'd like to see a little more growth. We had, when we, we, we used to do the lattes, um, and we had quite a bit of ladies that would come to that. Um, it's kind of died off a little bit, and I think COVID may have had a little bit to do with that, and, and also people's schedules, but I would like to see more women say, you know what, I'm going to set aside that Saturday, and I'm going to come, even if it's only for two hours. Um, and then to see us maybe doing a, a little more volunteering, maybe getting involved with our daily bread as women and other volunteer opportunities. But growth is what I would love to see more than anything else is seeing more women, especially more younger women. And I know it's hard. You know, you got kids and it's hard. And hopefully you can talk your husbands into watching the kids for two hours on a Saturday morning. So you can have that time because you need it. You need that time with other women. So I would like to see us definitely see us grow a little bit more. What's one thing that you want to see growth in your own life in 2023? Yikes. You didn't tell me this was going to be really deep here. This is <laughs> a bit much. Um, you know, one of the things I have consistently struggled with in my life, and I've shared this with our life groups um, over the past couple of years, is I struggle with my self-concept, with how I see myself. And people are like, oh, wow, but you have this great, you just this great presence and you're, you're a great speaker and all these other things. I said, but yeah, but you don't know the inside of me. And I struggle so much with how people view me or that I'm not enough or that I'm not, you know, not as, as fancy or as nice or as great as the next person. And so I think for me, I would really like to consistently just say, you know what, it doesn't matter what people think of me. As long as my relationship is right with God, that's what matters. And my worth comes from Him. My worth does not come from this world. It doesn't come from what people's opinion of me is. If I'm doing right, if I'm honoring Him, if I'm giving Him first place, and if I am letting Him control even my job and the little things I do, that's where my worth is found. And I think if you were to ask a lot of women that, most women would agree that that's a struggle that we all have. But I, that's something I guess I've always wanted to continue to grow in. And, and you know, as being my husband, that that's, that has been something that's big. And I would like to continue to see myself grow towards getting to that point. It's As I'm getting, getting older, I think it's a little bit easier to not let people get to you, but it's still, it's still an issue. As I often tell you, I wish you could see you as I do, because you're beautiful. So I want to I want to kind of bring this to a to a close and, and kind of on a uh, a fun time because I think sometimes again people see a pastor, pastor's wife, and and think that you know we're almost robotic, right? That we uh, all we do is read the Bible and all we do is talk to people and all we do is you know. Uh, so I want people to know you a little bit better. So I'm just going to kind of give you some questions. Oh boy! And you just—we didn't talk about this. I know. <laughs> That's the nice thing about when you lead the podcast, you get to choose the questions. Mm-hmm. So, who is a hero of yours? My grandmother, my um, my mom's mom, Mama Allen. We referred to her. I'd, she she raised me. I, mean, I don't want to say raised me, but she. She, I stayed with her throughout the days, and when my mom was working, and I, I value her. I, she was the best. Other than Christian music, what's your favorite style of music? Wow, 
Um, I'm an 80s fan. I'm sorry. There's nothing better than like Journey and yeah, that that's a guilty pleasure. I do I do like to use that on the treadmill for sure when I'm running. That's good stuff. What is your favorite style of food? Style of food? Are you talking about like Would you say nationality? Chinese, Mexican? What, what kind of your favorite style of food? Southern? Can I say that? Yeah, sure. Like my mother's chicken pie? There yes. You there you go. Chicken pie. Yes. And just for the record, the cinnamon rolls are amazing and too. And my mother's cinnamon rolls, yes. <laughs> if you, if money was no object, and we both know that it is, but if it was no object, what's one thing you would love to buy? Wow. I would love to buy? I don't really know. That That's a really hard one. I guess I would buy an experience. And that would require me getting on an airplane, and we know that I struggle with getting on an airplane, but... It would it would be, and we've talked about this, one of my greatest, I would love to go to England and I'd love to go to Scotland. And I would love to be able to trace my dad's family um, back to Scotland. And my mom's family is, is English, so I would love to, to do that. But it would be to buy an experience because that's going to last forever, you know. What's a favorite dessert or sweet? My Aunt Jean's chocolate pie because it was like you know how those meringues are like 10 feet high that literally this woman's you know the lord she's she's with the lord now but i'm that's why i say we often say i'm looking forward to my my grandmother's chicken pie or what all my cousins will understand tomato pastry and then my aunt jean's you know her chocolate pie my dad's hush puppies the marriage supper of the lamb is going to be awesome it's going to be so good can't wait if you could sit down with one person that's living, not somebody that's already deceased, if you could sit down with one person for an hour and talk to them, who would it be? Well, see, it would have been Queen Elizabeth, but she's not alive. So that, that would have been my first choice. This woman loves I do Queen love. Elizabeth. I love the monarchy. I know I shouldn't, and people tell me I'm not a good American for that, but I just, I just love the woman. She was such a great example. Alive? Um, wow, that would be, that's really, really, really hard. Can I change it to not alive? Nope, has to be alive. Someone who's alive. Um, if I could sit down and talk to them, I guess it would probably be someone like a, a Jenny Allen or someone like that. Um, I've always loved Mandisa. I think she's really cool. I would love to sit and talk to her. I know she's got a great testimony. But yeah, to talk to some of these women who who are just who have been in ministry and done it on the a larger scale. But then at the same time, you know, Randy, I think I would love to talk to you know, we we have a friend who um we went to college with who was on the mission field and she's a nurse and um has gone through a lot of physical problems too. I think it'd be cool to talk to some some lady who's on some remote field and how how do you do what you do? How do you experience life and to hear her stories? Um on those two extremes it would it would be cool to talk to those kind of people. Final question except for a fun one at the end, but last serious question is what's the best book you've read in the past few months? Um 
don't let the enemy have a seat at your table. And do you remember right offhand who wrote that? Louis um, Giglio. Yes. Oh, my goodness. That book that I've read, I just read it last year. Well, just this past year. Yeah. Was amazing. And how the power of the enemy, when we allow the enemy to sit at our table, how much we allow him into our hearts and in our minds. And if, if there's any book that I can recommend anybody to read, and it's a fairly easy read, and it's a fast read, is that book. That was pretty powerful. Well, I, I hope that you have been able to see just a little bit into my wife's heart. She is her own woman. God has done a work in her life. She's not in ministry just because I am. As she said, God has called her, and she is a blessing to so many people. I know she's a huge blessing to me, and so I wanted you to be able to, to know her heart and uh, so you can pray for her. And maybe uh, some of the ladies that are listening, maybe you could be able to talk with her and, and maybe she'd be able to come alongside and help you because I know uh, God's given her wisdom that she can be able to help you with. All right, last question. This is a fun one. Maybe. If you could choose to go with me on a date or get a single front row seat at a North Carolina basketball game, which one would you choose? What if you go with me? <laughs> yeah. No, I I mean, front row, front row. Would that be a Carolina Duke game? Sure. Hmm. I would go if you came with me, <laughs> but I wouldn't go by myself. So I, I would love to have both of those. How's that? So uh, for you, those of you listening, that shows which ACC team that she it's, will proudly pull for. the only true ACC team that's worth pulling for. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> well, thank you guys for, for listening. Hope this has been an encouragement to you. And if we can do anything to help you, please, you can contact us at the church. You can uh, send it to info at journeyashboro.com and we'd be glad to respond and help you in any way possible. And we hope that you will take these truths that we've shared and, and testimony and that you'll have truth for your journey. Have a great 2023.